Hi gorgeous, this is episode number 51 with the outstanding top of the field leadership expert in the world, Mark Sanborn. Hi, this is Mark Sanborn. You're listening to Heart Cells Podcast with Christine Slonsky. Enjoy. Mark says, we each know how good we have become, but none of us knows how good we can be. One of the most exciting opportunities we get each day is to pursue our potential. And I cannot agree more. To support you to pursue more of your potential, to give more of your gifts to the world, hop on over to christineschlonsky.com. Go to the menu and find the point Masterclass. Click there, sign in to the upcoming Masterclass. It's already Masterclass number three, teaching you spiritual and practical steps of how to increase your sales to create true wealth without losing your authenticity with amazing, amazing guest speakers that you do not want to miss. This is a once in a lifetime opportunity and this is the only masterclass I am giving together with all these amazing guest speakers in 2019. So hop on over to christineschlonsky.com, find the masterclass tab in the menu, click register, put yourself on the guest list, and then join on April 30th um, me at Brandenburg Gate, either via Facebook Live or in person, when I'm gonna pop a bottle of champagne with you to celebrate and um, where we're gonna kick off that masterclass um, and just having a really, really good time learning together, holding that space, creating more income for you that feels authentic, that comes from your heart, where you can stay true to your values. So hop on over to christineschlonsky.com, click on the menu, find masterclass and sign in. And today we're spending time with Mark and I'm so grateful that he took the time out of his busy schedule. Mark is a president of Sanborn and Associates and that is an idea lab for leadership development and tuning ordinary into extraordinary. Globalgurus.org lists Mark as one of the top leadership experts in the world. Mark has given over 2,600 presentations in every state and 14 countries. He has authored eight amazing books, more than two dozen videos and audio training programs. Um, his programs are taught by Creston International in 90 countries, and he is an adjunct professor at the University of Memphis. I will link all of Mark's books into the show notes that you also find at christineschlonsky.com when you hop on over there to go to podcast. And one of his amazing books is The Fred Factor, How Passion in Your Work and Life Can Turn the Ordinary into the extraordinary. It was an international bestseller and was on the New York Times, Business Week and Wall Street Journal bestseller lists. What an achievement. Mark is also a member of the Speaker Hall of Fame and is a past president of the National Speaker Association. 
To give you one more idea who Mark works with, his clients include Enterprise, Rent-A-Car, FedEx, Harley-Davidson, Hewlett-Packard, KPMG, Morton's of Chicago, New York Life, Remax, Service Master, uh, Costco, um, ESPN, GM, IBM, uh, John Deere, just to name you a few. So tune on today and see how we have the opportunity to pursue our potential each and every day and to become the best versions of ourselves. Enjoy. Well, I'm so excited to have you on today, Mark. Thank you so much for being here on Heart Cells Podcast. Thank you. My pleasure. And it's such a pleasure to have you. I mean, you have a really remarkable um, CV or bio, and you've reached a lot of your potential, and you are about potential and leadership. And just for people to understand, this is a podcast where we support entrepreneurs to have it easier with sales because lots of people um, kind of tighten up or are afraid when it comes to sales. And you yourself had to overcome quite some challenges because when you were at the age of 10, you lost a speaker competition. And today you are part of the Speaker Hall of Fame and uh, you are um, a past president of the National Speakers Association. So from losing that competition to becoming that person, that leader in your industry that you are now, um, can you give us a little bit background? Like what did you do? What you, did you discover to step into that confidence space? Sure. Well, I have a premise now many years later that although success is fun, we learn more from failure. Failure has a bigger emotional impact and it challenges us to either fix the reasons why we failed or to stop doing what it was we failed at doing. And I was lucky because at 10, when I entered my first speaking contest in a youth organization here, I didn't think it would be very hard. I was the kind of student that did well at school, and if it involved using my brain, I could usually think my way around a challenge. But I found out that public speaking was very different. And I made a, a fortuitous decision in that I didn't say, you know what, this sucks. I'm terrible at it. I'm never going to do it again. I decided I wanted to figure out how to do it. That first loss challenged me. So I started entering more and more competitions and studying other speakers, and I started practicing more. And those skills also served me very well in selling because my first job out of college, actually I had a sales job in college, but my first full-time job was in sales and marketing. And to be honest, I wasn't a natural at that either. Very few people are naturals at a skill set. And interestingly, I've observed that some of the people who are quote-unquote naturals never truly become great because it came to them so easily they didn't work at getting better. You know, they were good enough to get by because they were naturals. They had a background or some innate abilities that helped them succeed, but they never became the superstars. I find more often than not, the really successful people had to work hard uh, to attain the level of mastery that they have today. Yeah, yeah, I t I totally agree. I've never I've never met like a natural born salesperson. 
um, some kids seem to be pretty amazing in that. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's true, but they, maybe they grow out of it. Yeah, they, I, I think they kind of lose the tools when growing up. Um, well, they hear no so many times. They just eventually uh, figure out another way to get what they want without depending on mom or dad to say yes. Yeah, yeah. So, and as you know, as an entrepreneur, if you run your own company, um, it is so important that you make sales because without sales, you don't have a business, you have a hobby. And you just said that you learned the selling part. So do you believe that everybody can learn how to sell? I believe anybody can learn to do anything. I don't believe I could learn to play basketball well enough to be a professional basketball player, but I could certainly learn the game well enough to play a pickup basketball game with my friends. See, I think that's where people get hung up on the, well, I just can't. If you really don't want to or don't enjoy doing something, you most likely won't become good at it. See, I wanted to be a better speaker and I enjoyed the process of getting better. But if I had way back when decided, you know, I really don't care. I mean, it really isn't important to me. I would have pursued something else. I think it's important that we know we can all develop skills, but that we won't all be in the top one or five percent. Uh, selling is often referred to, you hear, you hear a, a cliche that nothing happens until somebody sells something. And while that's true, I always add the idea that nothing happens until somebody has something to sell. One of the things I notice with some entrepreneurs is that they're really hardcore at selling, but the product or the service or the experience they deliver isn't commensurate, isn't as good as their sales skills. You've got to have both, a great product and a great sales and marketing effort, or you're always going to be uh, hindered in your efforts. Yeah, totally. Because if, you know, if your product is not good, your customers won't return because they don't have the experience they are looking for. So That's you, true. I think some salespeople should really look at, are they not succeeding at selling or are they not succeeding because they're not selling something that really has value to the people that they're trying to sell to? Either one of those things can curtail a successful sales career. The other thing I think that is often lost on, especially newer salespeople, is they've heard another cliche that's not really true, and that is that selling is a numbers game, that the more people you see, the more sales you'll make. That's not true. Selling is a skills and a numbers game. If you have zero skill and you call on 100 people, you'll have zero sales. If you have 50% skills and you call on 50 people, you'll have 25 sales. So what you've got to do is both develop the skills and the frequency that will make you successful. Or in my book, The Potential Principle, I call it the fit technique. Uh, the fit technique is about frequency, intensity, and technique. You've got to do all three. You've got to do what needs to be done frequently. You've got to do it with intensity. And you've got to make sure that you're using the right or the best technique. Yeah, yeah. And you, you also have a book that's called You Don't Need a Title to Be a Leader, <laughs> which I love the title, um, among other amazing book like The Frat Factor, which was also a New York Times best-selling uh, book um, on the list. And I know that lots of people just love this book. Um, I will drop all the links in the show notes so people can um, check it out and, and learn from you. Um, so when people become an entrepreneur, 
most of them start out in a small business, like they are a solopreneur or they have a VA or somebody who supports them in, in some way, shape or form. And there's often the big question, like, I know what I'm doing. Maybe I'm a coach or I'm a therapist and I have a great gift that I want to give to the world, but I'm not quite sure of the value because they perceive their own value that they deliver in a different way than maybe the customer would see it. Because they think, you know, I'm starting out. I'm not a leader in the field. Nobody knows me yet. How can I price myself? How can I offer this gift to the world? What kind of advice would you have to, for people where to start when they are new um, in being an entrepreneur? I don't know of anybody that began their career as a leader in the field. It's a process, and as we learn and get better, we are able to increase our fees. I think that for speaking especially, and, and perhaps to a lesser degree coaching and consulting, early on, you need to establish your value by doing as, uh, getting in front of as many audiences or clients as possible. I spoke for free far more often uh, early on than I did for fee. But one day, somebody called me and said, I heard you speak at an event. By the way, that was an unpaid event. Uh, what would you charge to come speak at our organization? And I knew that I was ready to charge something. I wasn't ready to charge a, a massive amount, but that the client thought I was worth something. So I asked them what their budget was, you know, and I found out that what they had seemed fair to me. And I think the way that you pursue is you start with a, uh, a, a fee that is uh, – uh, relative to the field, reasonable. You try, if possible, to be a good value and you benchmark against what other people with your experience in your field are getting, and then you work a little bit harder to deliver a better product or a service. Uh, in most professions, you know, we, we don't sell uh, as consultants and speakers and coaches and entrepreneurs. Rarely are we selling a product, so we can't say that, you know, you can buy that product down the street for a little bit more or a little bit less. But if you're familiar and you've become a student of your field, you'll know what entry-level, established, and top-end uh, providers are getting for their services. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. So what I, what I learned over the, especially the last couple of months, I had the conversation often that for somebody, their gift or what they do comes with such ease that they don't see the value in it. So when you established your speaking career, from the moment you kind of lost that competition and moved on and became better and better in your craft, um, speaking probably became more natural. And then starting to put a price tag on it because you enjoy it and it's easy, you get invited. Um, where do you start to, to put that price tag on it before somebody else invites you and asks you about your fees? Well, I think that's a good question, and you need to know what are your deliverables. You need to be able to say to a client, for this much money, these are the three or four things that I'll do. And what we all need to remember is what's painfully obvious to us isn't painfully obvious to others. You know, what is apparent to us isn't apparent to others. We're basically, when, a, when someone hires us to do something for them, they're delegating thinking to us. They're saying, you know, when it comes to leadership or it comes to personal improvement or it comes to selling, I need you to think about this for me because I don't have time. I'm, I'm uh, running a business. I have three kids. I have family commitments. 
And so you then say to yourself, what do I know that would be valuable for them to know? And I would go back to the idea that every profession has an association, and I'm a big believer, obviously, having served as the president of the National Speakers Association, in becoming involved, not just so you can get the community uh, of other like-minded people or learn the craft, but so that you can understand the profession you're a part of. Uh, people go through law school, so when they graduate, they know uh, what entry-level lawyers are going to be offered uh, to work. They know what the student that graduated at the top of his or her class is going to be offered, how much more. And there's no profession that you and I can't do the same thing in. If we stay isolated, however, if we just don't uh, tap into the, uh, the expertise of others, we'll make far more missteps trying to make it up on our own. Yeah. So what was, when, when did you realize that you would need some support to craft your art? Well, I've always been a student, so, uh, you know, the support I received was from observing and asking questions and being involved in my association. I was probably, um, oh, I'm probably going to say I was eight years into my profession full-time before I went to a speech coach who I knew uh, understood the nuances that would help me become better. Uh, it's easy to become good pretty quickly, but it's harder to go from good to great and even harder to go from great to, to extraordinary because the gains are more nuanced and more incremental and require more effort. So I also, at that point in my career, had enough money to pay for this uh, at the time, relatively expensive coach, who proved to be very valuable because I still, you know, these many years later, after 30 plus years in the business, I still think back to some of the things that I learned from him. Uh, I don't know that That be careful of trying to spend money to replace legitimate learning. Nobody will do it for you. People will help you. They'll support you. Uh, in my profession, people say, well, I'm a great speaker. I can't sell myself. I need somebody else to sell me. Bad news. If you can't sell yourself, nobody else can sell you. Once you're good at selling yourself, then maybe someone can sell you as well. But you've got to learn the process so you understand how the client thinks the criteria they use for hiring a speaker, what they like and what they don't like. So one of the big myths, and I think it, it's in all professions, are the folks that have hung out a shingle to kind of help you get rich quick. They'll do it for you. No, they won't. They may have some ideas that'll be helpful. They may encourage and support you and assist you, but ultimately you've got to take responsibility for developing your, developing your career. I just, yeah, love it. That's such great advice and such golden nuggets uh, to, to listen to this. Um, well, thank you so much for being on Hard Sales podcast. And where can people find you? It's very easy. MarkSanborn.com. M-A-R-K-S-A-N-B-O-R-N.com. And all things related to my work and my various books can be found there. Wonderful. Thank you so much. And I'm happy to have you back for the next episode. Bye. I hope you got some inspiration out of this episode. I am always so inspired by my guests and I'm so happy and honored to have them on Heart Sales Podcast. Mark's story is quite incredible and he shows how you go from ordinary to extraordinary. So I hope you took some notes and I hope you are looking for ideas of how you can transform your life onto your next level. 
shoot me a comment, leave me questions, and definitely make sure you hop on over to christineschlonsky.com. In the menu, in the podcast tab, you find the podcast with the show notes, the transcripts, all the resources, all of Mark's books and social links so you can connect. It's only one click away. And also there's a tab for the masterclass and you want to make sure you are signing in to the sales mentality makeover masterclass number three, where amazing experts will be teaching everything in regards to mindset, sales, money, and wealth creation to take you to the next level for your life and your business. Thank you so much for tuning in. Listen in to the next episode that will be following with Mark Samburn as well. And for right now, I'm just wishing you a very wonderful day wherever you are in this beautiful world. And bye for now. Mm -hmm.